Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, welcome to uh, the second edition of the SC Report for Round 8. It's all about trades tonight. Went in here, joined by Justin, who uh, had his birthday's brother last night, so couldn't uh, be in attendance, but I'm glad you're here, mate. Um, you missed out on giving it to, to Lakey last night. Yeehaw. Ooh. Feeling that was still pretty. Feeling. <laughs> are, you just, are, you, wait, are you wearing the same clothes as what you did to golf this morning? Yeah, why wouldn't I? I wasn't going searching. I wasn't searching in bushland every friggin' shop, mate. I, uh, straight on the fairway. No, muh, no fuss, no muss. Yeah, rightio, mate. Um, what have you got to add here? What, before we get into it, anything you want to say? You, you, you I thought your Sunday night podcast uh, with Tim was very entertaining. Um, got a lot out of that last night. Anything from Team List? I know we're going to come in, but for a Cowboys fan, you must be pretty pumped up, eh? Mate, we didn't think we'd win again for about two months, and we probably won't, but uh, we'll take every single one we can get, especially coming against Lakey. And not only that, but my best bet, you laughed it down on this podcast last week. Cowboys at the line, seven and a half start. They were giving money away, and you doubted it. Yes, indeed. Um, nothing else. Nothing else to add, mate. Yeehaw. Go to Cowboys. Uh, yeah. I'm in stats mode, though. Didn't you see my email for the run sheet? I, I did. I was very surprised. You actually put some effort into the run sheet. Well done. Very, very impressed. Well, it's our um, sort of apology. biggest one. It's like our biggest one of the year because for like the last month, we've had trades pretty much just like easy. They're like Brad and Best, those sort of guys. Now we actually have to think about it. There's so much carnage. Like, what do we do? We actually needed to put some thought into this one. So I thought I'd go rogue oh. and go stat-wise. <laughs> Zero thought for me this week. It's pretty straightforward having lost um, Moses and then uh, I just really need to fix up my half, uh, both of my halves positions. So I'm going to bring in two keepers this round. We're going to get to that. Uh, apologies for the echo that you might have heard to start the pod. Um, congratulations, JT. You forgot to put your Zoom on mute. So we've you've, you've got a double... Double take of JT. Uh, I've had to sort that stuff out. That's just what I have to do around this place, just cleaning up JT's mess. So um, he's the talent, comes on here for the podcast, but all the hard work in the background is uh, falling on my shoulders again. Anyway, what about what do people need to do if they want to uh, listen to the, the podcast, three that we have coming out, uh, Justin? Uh, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Hey, just subscribe, whatever way you get your podcasts done. I go through iTunes, subscribe there. Uh, leave us a rating or a, a review as well. I think someone said they only listen to this podcast for my yeehaw. I've been writing off that review on my burner account for about two years now. So uh, I think we're, need, we're needing some, uh, some updates to there. So like and subscribe, leave a rating, all the usual jazz. Love it. Okay, so let's get into the crux of the show here. Uh, we're going to start with a 
very quick uh, two-minute rundown on what's happened in Team List Tuesday. It was uh, JT's turn last week, so it's over to me. I'm completely unprepared for this, but I'm going to give it my best crack. Um, JT, uh, let's do this properly. You want to start the timer, and then when two minutes is hit, I want you to give me a yeehaw. Uh, I'll have to be an improvement on the last one there. All right, let's count down. Give me all righty and go. So the Storm take on the Roosters tomorrow night, 8pm. For Melbourne, you've got Riley Jacks in for the injured Cameron Munster. For Sydney, you've got Teddy, Morris Butcher and Farmer uh in, uh, returning from the Warriors. Out, you've got Lou, Verrills, Radley and Ryan Hall. So this should be a fantastic game. Moving along to the Raiders versus the Dragons, Friday at 6pm in the first game. Canberra, you've got Simonson, uh, Oldfield and Tuppany in. For Rapana, Curtis Scott, Lowell and Horsburgh uh, out with these crying all these way to 13 games uh, on the sidelines. Let's move along to the next game. Your boys versus the all-conquering Eels at the moment. For Parramatta, you've got Jai Field, David Gower in for Mitchell Moses and Daniel Alvaro. North Queensland, no changes at all. That's amazing. However, Val Holmes has been named in the reserves and could be a late replacement. Moving on now to the Titans versus the Sharks, Saturday, 3 p.m. For the Titans, you've got uh, JT's boy, Bryce Cartwright, comes into the side. Dale Copley is out with an ankle injury. Uh, other changes is Tyrone in the centres to replace Copley. Cronulla, no changes. However, uh, Fafita has been named to start with uh, Hamlin Ueli named on the bench, where that could be a very late change like it has been the last couple of weeks. Moving along to the game of the week, Broncos versus the Warriors. No idea what to make here. For NZ, you've got Fusatua, Wade Egan and Jack Hetherington from the Panthers coming to the side for Gerard Beal, a couple of that guys who play in the NRL. Poasa uh, Fasamuli, uh, who's returned back to the Roosters. And uh, Isaiah Papali comes into the side as well. For Broncos, you've got Kerrigan Flegler to fix up what's happening in the middle. And you've got Corey Oates, this week's scapegoat out for Joe Offengawi, who has been suspended and missing the next two weeks. Let's go to the late game on Saturday. Tigers versus Panthers, nothing for West. For Penrith, you've got Mansour in for Naden. For C- the next game on the Sunday, you've got Seagulls versus the Knights. For Manly, you've got Moses Sully in. Out goes Brendan Elliott to power promote to the starting side for Kepi. Uh, Newcastle, huge change there with Bradman Best back after... Uh, he's one week COVID-19 suspension and Solo also returns. Uh, Shabarsky is out and also Tim Glassby with a HIA. Last game of the round, Bulldogs versus uh, Rabbitohs, Sunday 6.30. For the Bulldogs, you got Meany, Montoya and Crichton in and out. So you got Hopawade, Avarilla and Jack Cogger. Nothing for Souths. This should be 40 nils for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, you're overshot by that. 30 seconds, mate, but I was just too impressed. That was fantastic. Well done. Why do we need a whole podcast for that, hey? Yeehaw. That's a, mate, that's a great... We're giving people content, but I don't think we really knew, do. Um, anyway, shall we get on to... Well, but maybe before we do, there, that was pretty uneventful, right, compared to what we've had previously. Bradman Best returning, obviously, is uh, is huge. Um, but apart from that, it's really probably a few of those injuries which we're going to speak to um, as part of the trades. Anything of interest for yourself? No, Teddy named. That's that's the one big thing. Bradman Best named. No COVID issues there. So, I mean, it was struggle. It was a struggle to feel like seventeen last week, and I think this week we have choices, which um, isn't always the best thing. But um, yeah, finally not the carnage of last week. So no, it was a very uneventful teamless Tuesday, which we like. All right, we're going to shake things up a little bit. We're going to start with our trades of the week. So this is where the last week we had plays of the week. So we might cover them off now just in case people do tune out to the podcast halfway through. Let's start with you, JT. What are you what moves are you making this round? 
Oh, yet again, just pushing Matto to the side, and I don't know how I keep doing it. But um, getting rid of Braden Willie-Army, thank God for that, and unfortunately Corey Horsburgh. So within the space of a minute, I had him and Moses go off last week. So Horsburgh out for three months. He goes, and I've replaced him with David Clemmer. Uh, so I've gone the front row combo of Haas and Clemmer quite early. I think I can lock those guys in. Uh, I've put in Talau in the center wing, which um, I think a lot of people are doing this week. Nice cheapy on his third game. But, yeah, just a bit on Clemmer there. So I was having a look at some of the other options you've got at front row forward. So AFB had a massive game last week, two tries. But before that, he uh, hadn't even gone above 60. He might have had one week above 60 all year. So um, reasonable minutes this year, but not quite the same output of, of previous years. But obviously last year was a, a blowout and people are chasing that score. Uh, Josh Papale, I looked at him as well, similar sort of price, only gone above 60 in games when he scored tries. That's two of them, uh, same as last week. So again, uh, just not the same base output of, of Clemmer. And uh, our boy Moaki Fodawaka for the Titans. So he's about 60k yeah, Why is he our boy? Well, we've called him out a few years in a row now. Um, he's finally really shaping up as a, a genuine option in this game. Um, the only issue is, sure. I, yeah, like he's 60K cheaper than Clemmer. Um, so save a bit of money there. But I just think he's he's played so many big minute games with the Titans having a few injuries and that kind of thing. And he's unproven in these ranks. So obviously he's he's been a bit up and down. He's at 80s, then at 60s. Like he was Sinbin last week, which hurt his score. But um, yeah, just that Clemmer-Haas combination, I can just lock it in. Forget about it, move on to second row where I can splash the cash. So, uh, Clemmer, I think you're getting it pretty much bottom dollar. He's not going to go much further below that with a break even of around 50 this week. So, more than happy to lock him in and, and Talao's an easy call. So, yeah, those yep. are my two this week. Not not bad. Just a question on, on your moves. Um, where do you have Patrick Carrigan at the moment? So, I've got him in second row. So, yeah, he's not a bad little option there given that dual flexibility. So, I'm probably playing him this week. Um, we can mention him a bit when we get to Nat Butcher later on in the pod, but um, for his break-even and the points that he's been producing in that lock position, break-even of 53, um, I think he's quite valuable at this stage of the year just to be able to flick him up and down with a lot of those cheapies we're going to be moving on uh, that have fattened up. So, yeah, he's, he's at second yeah. row at the moment. So that was more my where I was going to. What, rather than bringing in Clemmer, Hmm. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you potentially just move Horsburgh um, onto Carrigan? Do that switch, bring Carrigan in as your starting prop, uh, and then um, rather than trading out Willyame, trade out someone that's maxed out in value to Talao, create the cash, and then go um, and then try and see if you can bring in uh, maybe bring in a um, uh, a Mado or something for Horsburgh instead. Oh, I don't know. Like the, there's no one else really in the center wing. So I've got Will Kennedy sitting there. So it was either him or Braden Williami. Um, Kennedy has got a bit more Kennedy, cash. Williami's back in a couple of rounds, though. So, yeah, but, um, you know, he's, he's got some cash to earn. The guy's a spud. Like, what did he get for the last week before he got injured? He got like five. So, no, he's an absolute no go. Um, so, no, just getting rid of him. I know some people are keeping around because the Dragons have a few Sunday games coming up and they can loop him, but so does Will Kennedy. And the fact is, Moylan's like a, you know, strong gust of wind away from doing his hammy again. So Kennedy's surely going to get some more game time. Um, it just depends if you want to, want Maddo, though. You said at the start of that yeah. you've been putting him off. I mean, that's a, potentially an avenue, avenue to getting him um, if you want to. But, I mean, we're going to talk about that a, a little bit sooner as to whether he's an absolute must or not and what some other options are. Um, sorry to cut you off. What else are you going to say? No, that's it. I mean, I've got Lolo and Torhu Harris, who a lot of people are looking at in, in second row there, as well as Cohen Hess. So there's an upgrade 
needed there. Um, but I'm looking at sort of next week for that one. But yeah, I'm more than happy. Haas and Clem are the front row rotation. Just one less thing to think about. Don't need to be playing the Tanua Browns and Rudolphs and even Carrigan. Um, he's good for a 60 odd, but I think Clem is your 70 plus. So locking yep. in that points early. What about you? Yeah. You get him at the right price as well. So can't doubt the move too much. So for me, I'm going to be trading out uh, Dufty and Moses. Um, Dufty's been really well, probably just didn't have quite have that big score that I was hoping him to against the Titans. And I didn't play him last weekend because he was up against the Roosters, but played really well, particularly in the opening um, 20 minutes. Um, has a pretty difficult matchup against the Raiders this week. And um, he's hit his max value now in 560K. He's not a keeper. Um uh, for the, the fullback for obvious reasons because you need Tedesco and Ponga there, at least for the immediate future. So if I can turn Dufty into Cleary, I think for me that's a bit of a, a no-brainer. Um, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the cash to go Drinkwater to Cleary because that's the move I'd like to make. So Drinkwater moves into my fullback, holding him there um, probably for a trade-out next week. Uh, and then the other move is, is trading uh, Moses out for SJ. So that's the they're the two moves that I'm doing. Bring in two keepers for um, Moses, who has been really underperforming on the super coach level this year, and then uh, Dufty, who has earned me over a hundred grand over the past two weeks, done exactly what I wanted, uh, and then trading him out. Um, I would love to keep Dufty if I can, but just for the the cash that I have, I kind of need to do it. Um, should we now move on to the trades for this week, uh, JT? Typically, what we've been doing is focusing on the top traded in and out players, but I think we're going to flip that a little bit this week. There's been some listener questions which have come through, and, and they they really do ask um, a couple of those key questions that that we're going to focus on, particularly the injuries to uh, Mitchell Moses and and Cameron Munster. Mm. So let's let's focus in on talking about those guys. And I know you've got some great stats lined up for Matto. Um, as well, but let's let's jump into uh, Mitchell Moses uh, and Cameron Munster. Uh, they feature as the top two traded out players this round. Um, Moses with uh, I think twenty percent of all trades, so very topical. Um, let's jump into that. Um, maybe let's focus on on Moses. What are your thoughts? Are you going to hold? Or are you going to be trading him? So because I've got Nathan Cleary and SJ already in uh, five eighth and, and halfback there, I don't feel a need to trade Moses out. Um, if you don't have him in, though, it's a very easy one. He's bottomed out. Um, he's just not performing. You can make the trade up to an SJ for around 100K or so. Uh, Nathan Cleary a bit more expensive, but you've got to get some points in that halfback spot. So, I mean, by luck, I've got uh, points already there. So I can keep Moses on the pine and more than happy to do the trades elsewhere. And like we said last week, he's a flat track bully. He uh, targets the sort of lowlier opposition to really stamp his authority, and that's when he has the big games, you know, the Titans and that sort of thing. Um, he's got a few of those coming up when he returns in, in two to three weeks. So I think uh, the way his price is at the moment, he's still got to drop a bit of cash when he comes back, 117 break even. It's pretty hefty. Um, but at the end of the day, like he's he's got pedigree in the game and he's he hasn't quite kicked on this year, but um, the Eels do have a, a couple of easier matchups coming up. So for me, it's just out of convenience that I've already got good, uh, good halves in there. So I wouldn't be moving him on, but uh, you are. Yeah, look, I don't have the the convenience, as you just put it, of having Cleary and SJ in my halves. Currently, I'm running with Drinkwater and Moses, which is um, absolutely horrible. So I need to do something about that. So I'll be bringing in those two guys. Moses, I'm, I'm happy with um, to leave 
um, and get rid of. So just looking at the upcoming draw, they've got the Bulldogs, Sharks and the Dragons uh, between rounds to 14. And they don't play the, the Titans again. And if you have a look at what he's done so far this year, the only game that he scored over 60 was against the Titans, 108. And apart from that, his highest score has been against the Broncos in round three with 59. And and then you've got a 56 against the Seagulls and 55 against the Panthers. And he scored 30, 32 points against the Bulldogs in round one. So he's been massively underperforming this year. He's bottom price or close to bottom price. And you're making a massive loss in the sale. But, but I don't think he's a must. Um, this year, it's Cleary is definitely the the halfback that you want, or even SJ if you're running uh, with Munster at five eight. So I'll be getting rid of him with that break even that you just mentioned over a hundred. Um, look, and what I would say that if he does start to fire a bit, and that Bron- that Bulldogs game in round twelve, he should hopefully have played a couple of games by then. Um, and that you're going to get him in a, even a bigger discount. There's no reason why you couldn't bring him in um, there, it's going to be quite easy to do that. So I'll be moving him on. Yeah, someone's actually brought him in. I'm just looking to just trade it in. So someone's traded out uh, Dylan Brown, brought in Mitchell <laughs> Moses. So uh, anyone, I'd probably advise against that one. Do you reckon that's Mitchell Moses? Yeah, why not? He can't be on the field. He might as well have himself in super coach, <laughs> captaincy. Oh. Cool. All right, what about uh, Cameron Munster? So he's the second most traded out player this week. I think he's going to be missing between four to six games. So he's a definite trade out. Um Pretty painful. I know a lot of people brought him in last week, and um, and what from memory uh, went down. I think in the first half he was struggling, and then didn't return after halftime. Somehow scored uh, what fifty odd, uh, which is yeah. pretty mm. miraculous, really. Um, so, what do you think of the obvious trading targets at five eight? It seems to be a b- bit of a tricky position this year. Um, I-, I think that just going to have a look at. Uh, at Munster's draw, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but he's got some easy games coming up as well. But I think he's going to miss a whole heap of those, so you're not going to be holding him. Um, what are your top options? I mean, if you haven't got SJ or Cleary, just clearly them. Um, like, and you can look now, Sean Johnson, 2,000 people have traded uh, Munster out for him. So that, that's quite an obvious one there, given they're both 5.8s available. Um, but 600K, it gives you a lot of uh, a lot of options to splash the cash around. And I know um, in, the, in a second we'll, we'll come to, we've looked at some of the other options in those halves spots at the moment, some of the more cut price sort of ones. But um, outside of that, no one's really set the world on fire in the 5.8 the spot. Like Cody Walker... Got a bit of a junk time assist last week, but outside of that, there hasn't really been much uh, to write home about since he's returned. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not too sure there. Maybe you just trade him down, trade Munster down. That 617k is rather handy, and then splash it on your forwards. That's probably what I'd be doing if I um, if I already had, say, an SJ and Cleary and something like that. But yeah, he's he's so expensive too. Like yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you bring him back in. So, if, you reckon if you traded Munster out, is he a guy you're going to want to bring back in pretty much straight away as soon as he comes back from injury? Oh, look, I, I think he probably is, uh, but he, he'd be a luxury trade at that, particularly if you're bringing in a keeper now, um, I'd say. Let's have a look at a couple of those options in the halves. I think we glossed over them a little bit for, for Moses, but you've uh, provided a nice little snapshot here. So, let's talk through a few of these guys, starting with Delhi Cherry Evans. Um, so what he's priced at 440k, which is ludic- ludicrously cheap for what he has been in past seasons. Um, he's still, what's his break even at the moment, JT? 
Uh, it'll be up there. Let me bring it up. I'll talk through. But yeah, we've he's been... what's it? So he's he is fallen. Um, started the season at five hundred seventy six k, and and now he's down to four hundred forty. So it's a huge drop. Um, I think we did bring up in the podcast last week that he averaged seventy points without Turbo last round. Uh, what he scored last week, I think he scored around about mid fifties yeah, or high fifties, fifty fifty nines with another junk time assist as well. I think it was like the last couple of minutes he put the ball over for uh, Funa. So he's got a break even of um, eighty one heading into this week. So. so not- Another price rise, but but that is really irrelevant this week when you're chasing points with one of those guys, a Moses or a Munster dropping out. Um, the the one big thing going against Cherry Evans, I'd say, is that upcoming draw, which is pretty challenging, really, um, because you got the Knights, the Dragons have been better, then you have got the Eels, Cowboys. Who knows what week you're going to get them on? Hmm. And then you got the Panthers, who um, have been really, really difficult to score super coach points against. Uh, and then you got the Warriors. Who knows what's going to happen by then? But then you play uh, the Knights, uh, Rabbitohs, and the Storm. So that's a pretty challenging uh, run of games for the Seagulls. So um, that probably pushes him down a little bit for me. Cleary, we've spoken to. I think he's a he's an absolute lock for a keeper in the halfback position. So if you don't own him, I'd definitely be targeting this round. Break even in the forties. This is the week to get him. A, an interesting player that you've included here, Jerome Hughes. Why was that? Yeah, I've just seen a little bit of, of chat about him. So I came back uh, from his injury last week and played pretty handily, albeit against the Warriors. But um, yeah, there's, this guy always seems to pop up as a pot option throughout the year. I know he did last year. I think I was on him at, at one point, which didn't quite work out. But now a couple of things going from him here for him here. So he's relatively cheap comparative to those sort of guys. He's 446, which is slightly higher than, than DCE. Um, break even around 24, obviously because of that, that big week. Um, he's an ultra pod, so two percent owned. So no one's really looking at this guy. He does have dual flexibility as well with with fullback, um, fullback half, which is a pretty rare one. But um, yeah, just the middle of the season seems to be where Jerome Hughes tends to average the most. Whether that's usually because the Storm are in Origin mode and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, historically, I think he averages around nearly sixty for these middle sort of rounds. But no, I just think with um, with Munster out, it probably opens up a fair few attacking opportunities for Hughes. I think Riley Jacks is partnering him there, who's more of a controlling sort of half, and Hughes will be the runner. So I think given that, um, you know, I can see Hughes averaging a little more than he has this year. He'd be the kind of guy I'd bring in if you were chasing points. Like Storm uh, uh, have been a little flat to start the year, but um, we know what they're, they're like. They're a professional club and they've got a, a difficult run coming up. But I think yeah. if, you're, if you're a pod chaser, the Titans game they have in three weeks. So I don't know. I could see a Jerome Hughes going quite large there. But, um, yeah, again, he's, he's a pure pod play. Um, he's a pod play and, and the issue there is that by the time they get past the Roosters and the Raiders for the Titans Broncos matchup Moses could be back um, and then Munster um, will be missing that so it'll be interesting to see how it goes without Munster this round so uh, personally I wouldn't bring him in but I can understand um, those chasing points might Sean Johnson we've spoken through he's an outstanding target this week one of the things that is drawing is him not only his form uh, particularly over the last month but he's got the Titans twice in the next six weeks um, which is very favorable also playing uh, the Broncos the Warriors and the Dragons so outside of the Panthers and the Eels um, amongst those teams that looks like such a favorable draw and, and they the, the Sharks do have the best draw um, run home this year outside the last two games of the season. 
So moving on to a guy that I'm uh, pretty keen on. I'm not going to bring him in because I've got SJ and Cleary lined up, but I think Dylan Brown could perform really well without Moses in the side, particularly this weekend against your boys, the Cowboys. Mate, I know that it's... Uh, I know you're not going to like to hear this, but um, they seem to turn up one week and not the next. So are you a little bit nervous about what Brown could do to your side this round? Well, yeah, I think the the whole thing is the travel. Like that's the, re- the reason my best bet last week was the Cowboys. Oh, the only... whole reason's the travel. Yeah, rightio, mate. Not only, no, if you, I'm sure there'll be some stats guys out there, but the Knights sort of had to travel up on the day, three o'clock or whatever. It's the same as the Cowboys. They're flying down all the way to, to Sydney on, on the Friday. And we've seen the last couple of times they've done that. They've just... Yeah, they can barely get off the plane. So, yes, the worry is there that that's the Cowboys that will turn up this week. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Brown's an interesting one. He's never actually played a game without Mitchell Moses, I'm 99% sure. So we're, right. sort, of, we're sort of assuming that he's um, uh, now going to take the reins and, 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 you know, get all those attacking stats. But if you looked last week when Moses went off, Guffo really came to the fore there and, and was involving himself a lot more. So imagine that sort of... Um, arrangement will happen this week but I think that the big thing with Dylan Brown and I've crunched some of the numbers here that I'll go through so he actually runs Ooh, crunchy crunchy yeah all accountants by trade mate uh, so all those guys we've talked about from DC Cleary Hughes SJ and D Brown so Brown's running the most out of all of them at nine so he runs nine times per game uh, the next size is DC on seven but if you look at his how effective those are is that compared to Milford uh, probably about nine times as many. Actually, no. To be fair, Milford ran the ball about six times last week, and just all sideways. Probably, probably made about five meters. Uh, but if you look at his effectiveness with those runs, so he's also got the highest uh, rate of busts and offloads for those. So, for uh, what about every well, thirty-seven percent of his runs are uh, effective or with an attacking stat attached to them, and that's the highest of all we've mentioned as well. So, I think if you looked at the way he's played this year, I think one of those games is the Titans and he, he towed them up so that's probably inflating these a bit um, but I really like his confidence for a young kid and that sort of running ability um, compared to an SJ who's run the ball um, four times a game or like that's just very low for SJ he's very reliant on the you know the cutout balls and all that to to get those attacking stats but well, man, that's that's fine right I mean it, it, why wouldn't you when you've got the attacking options that he does particularly Sione Katoa in, in the shark side yeah, I mean, that's, that's nothing to, to slate him there. SJ's got the most tri-assists of anyone in the competition and, and the way that they're shaping that attack down his edge, uh, he's going to get plenty more. But yeah, I just think Dylan Brown, he's, you know, he's always a, a chance to break the line open. Similar to Cleary, they've just got such strong running games. And I think at a price around 150k less than Cleary, um, dual flexibility as well, which is hugely valuable. So you can shift it between 5'8 and halfback. He's got a lot going for him. Um, 81 break even though this week so I mean he's not going to shoot up in price or anything like that and um, yeah I mean it is a, a test for him now that he's stepping up into that role just to see how he goes but um, I mean it's the week as you said he's playing the, the Cowboys who can be a bit underdone so no, uh, very interesting move and a, a cheap one which is I guess yeah. what you're, you're looking for if you're trying to get a medal or someone in. I guess the only the downside there with him is he doesn't kick so you've got SJ and Cleary which will <laughs> Um, their their floor is increased because they do have the goal kicking, whereas Brown's more of a, as you said, a runner. Um, so it does a, a higher floor um, due to that or a high-ish floor due to that. I mean, if, if Brown had Johnson's fixture, I, probably I would say that, that uh, Brown is a fantastic and be probably the guy that I'd be looking to bring in this week. But 
yeah, SJ, just with those two games against the Titans and the form that he's in and the connection that he does have with the other red right-edge players um, does make me um, think that he's too good to pass up this round. Uh, should we just have a little bit of a break there and then come back and then we're going to focus on some of the other questions that people have sent through? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, we're back for part two of the SC report. Focus on trades, all about round eight. Let's go to uh, the third question we've got here, and that is from a guy that wants to know who we have to have in our center wing this year. Uh, you've hand, you've asked me to answer this one, Justin, so I'll have a crack and then I'll let you go through. I mean, I'm just going to start with Nofo because I love him and he's in my side, so where else could I... I look, um, but in all seriousness, average base um, plus power of 47, sees him ranked in the top five, and that's behind guys like Sione, Matayutai, and also uh, Isaiah Yao uh, are obviously starting edge forwards. Um, so I think he's an absolute must, um, albeit that the Tigers do have a, um, a harder run coming up than what they have in, in recent past, but um, I still think that he just, he just looks for work the whole time, um, and you're getting what you pay for with him. What's his low score for the year? He's like, it's like 59 or something ridiculous. So even when he doesn't score, he scores in Supercoach. I just, well, he's got a base plus power of 47. So it's effectively his floor. Um, and he's very similar to a Katoa. He just, you can just see him running in all the time looking for, for runs so, um, or hit up. So uh, he's definitely the player that I want. He also offers that upside as well. The next on the list just has to be um, Isaiah Yao. So, um, it's pretty much a gimme. Everyone's going to have him in their side and in the centre wing. You could also argue that he's a keeper for your second row this year too. I think he's ranked six overall in total points. Um, so he's someone that I'd be I'd be wanting to be, get in there if you haven't. Uh, the next is Josh Mansour for me, base plus power of 48. He's very similar to a Nofo and the Panthers. I um, have a feeling they're going to click into gear, particularly over the second half of the season, and I can see him pumping out a few 80s along the way. So he's a guy that I want to lock in with a pretty low, uh, a highish floor, I would say. And then after you've got those guys locked into your side, I'd be saying they need to be looking at upside. So guys like Katoa, B. Moz, Mitchell, um, Tupo, Staggs, and even Michael Sivo, they're the, the kind of guys that you want to be putting in for that, that third or fourth center wing spot because they're the ones that can go really big, but they can also score pretty poorly as well as well maybe outside of a Katoa and um, Stags who have a pretty high floor 
Um, but those guys, the other guys do have, as we saw from Latrell Mitchell on the weekend, do have a very low score in them. Um, outside of that, I've got to say the Bradman Best and the Zach Lomax, they're shaping up as being keepers for our centre wing, particularly if you're looking for guys that will sit between fourth and fifth and sixth centre wings. You don't need to trade these guys out, just keep them there for the run home. That's how I see things this year. JT, what about you? No, I'm pretty set on that as well. I think that's a, I really like the option of having that, that fifth um, or even sixth uh, centre wing where you can play them on matchups. And it, it, like you're seeing a lot of teams are you know, well off the pace this year. So there really are a lot of matchup games, not just the Titans of old, it's the Warriors, it's the Broncos, it's even my side when we're away. Um, so I think just that, having that option up your sleeve is hugely valuable. But I think of like all those names you mentioned, fair, but I really like Mike Sivo. I think Nick, uh, Mr. 32nd himself has got him in his side, um, 488k. So he's uh, coming up against a pretty inexperienced um, back line for the Cowboys. If Val comes in and Hamizo shifts to the wing, like uh, that's a scary thought of Sivo running at him. But yeah, 46 break even. So he, yeah, hasn't, he's got one ton to his name and a, a few sort of lowish scores. But um, yeah, I really like him for a matchup play later down the track. And, that, that's pretty affordable. And- and the positive for him, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's the left winger for the Eels as well. Um, yes. So that that should mean that he's playing outside lane and also Dylan Brown. There should be a ton of ball going down that edge, I'd say, over the next three weeks without Moses in the side. So that's definitely one to, um, to think about if you're looking for an upside center wing. But it's really important to lock in a few of those um, guys that aren't going to get much lower than a 45 or a 50. And then you have a guy that any week could get from nine to a hundred, um, and you're basically playing them on a matchup. Exactly what you just said. So if you can have a couple of them, and then you're rotating them in and out of your side, that's a pretty good recipe for a strong center wing. Moving on to the next question. So I can't get Matto. Who can I go? All right, let's go through them. So I've crunched the numbers again, Matt. I've been uh, in spreadsheets all day. Sorry, work. Uh, let's go through <laughs> so some of the names. So. Center or second row is a pretty yeah, – it's been a, a tough one to pick so far this year. you got your Lolo and that's that's fine. But there's some guys in here that have just shot up and they're uh, – I've listed them here. So you got outside of Maddo, who's, who's the one everyone's talking about, there's there's four other names I've added. So Torhu Harris, Cam McInnes, Jake Trebojevic, and Angus Crichton. So I've stacked them up uh, against each other, looked at some of the stats, some pros and cons. Uh, and come out with some rankings here. So Maddo, I think I, I struggled big time to find a con for, and we've listed out the pros. The only one I could say is um, he's the most expensive, and he's got a new halves combo this year. So you know he doesn't have that Moses combination this year, but um, I really don't think that's going to drop off too much. But a guy that everyone's – well, not everyone, but a few people are now talking about is Torhu. So one of the few things I've gotten right this year was getting him in. Uh, fortuitously, he's played through the middle ever since his COVID break. Um, so quite a lot to like about him. If you crunch the numbers price versus five-round average, uh, you're getting bang for your buck with him uh, compared to some of the others here. So uh, for the points output that he's putting out, his price tag of 630-odd or 20-odd K is uh, is good value for money. So quite a lot of pros for him. He uh, has played all but one game at 80 minutes, equal highest base points per minute of those all those names that I've mentioned, including Maddo. Um, and some great matchups over the coming weeks, so Brisbane and the Titans. So basically just easy beats this year and the lowest break even. So there's a lot to like about Torhu this week. He's not in the top 10 trade in lists so far. The only thing is with Torhu, and 
it's unfortunate I've been eyeing it off, but the Jazz Tavunga return from injury is going to really throw a spanner in those works. So, so far, Torhu plays through the middle, can shift to the edge where they needed to, and I think there's been a fair few injuries this year. So he's, he's sort of the Mr. Fix-It. But you'd imagine once Tavunga gets back, and I've had a bit of a look around, he's floating anywhere between round 8, and which is now, and round 10. So he's not far off. And uh, if he does come back even off that bench, you'd imagine Torhu's time in the in the middle there is limited because that's where Tavanga plays. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about Torhu, but I think you probably miss the boat. He's banging out 80s for fun and all that sort of thing. But um, long term, there's a bit of risk to him. Um, another guy that maybe fell off the radar a little bit the last couple of weeks is Cam McInnes. So obviously once he we saw he was locked into that 80 and shifted to the edge, it opened up so many attacking stats for him and opportunities there. Um, so along with Tor, who's got the highest base points per minute out of all of those. And I really like the, two, the dual sort of role that he plays in that side. So he racks up the tackles through the middle and then also has a spell where he can run at the line and, and possibly get a try as he's done before. So I really like that. That sort of is a bit of a, uh, differentiator to, to some of the other guys but cons for him he plays for a terrible side and has just done so much work he's carrying this dragon side on his back um, how long you can keep that up for coming back from a knee injury um, yeah, it remains to be seen but um, yeah he's, he's a 675k so I've got him sort of behind Torhu at this stage but um, still a good option there Angus very expensive. He's nearly as high-priced as Maddo. Has been helped along by a couple of, I think, four tries in the last uh, month or so. So that's obviously inflating it there. But he has locked into that 80-minute role. So I think you, you, I wouldn't begrudge anyone going Angus at this stage. But, um, yeah, if you got Maddo for 2K more, I, I think you'd be going with that based on consistency that you've seen there. And the last name on this list, and probably one that everyone's forgotten about for a year and a half, Gerbo. So hasn't he just fallen way off the radar since I think it was 2018 where he was killing it? The only thing with him is that he's, what is he, 540K now, which is 170-odd K cheaper than Maddo and well below all the rest of these names that we've just mentioned. Um, doesn't have the turbo to link up with, but he averages 69 Lel without him. Uh, that's over the last season and now. So um, when turbo does go, Gerbo finds himself more playing that uh, ball distributor role. So they actually set up a try for AFB over the weekend doing it. So, yeah, it does potentially give him chance at more attacking stats but the only thing is he's just like he's he's getting benched he got benched for 10 minutes last week he's not playing a consistent 80 as we used to see from him and yeah I mean he hasn't been relevant for a year and a half so it's a massive punt but I mean 550k for a, a fallen gun I think we'd call him um interesting play uh what do you what do you reckon of those names so I've ranked him so Angus uh, so Maddo's the, the go-to um, Torhu for his matchups. Then you got Cam McInnes, Angus, and then Gerbo. So that's how I'd, I'd rank those second row options. What about you? Yeah, look, I probably wouldn't include Gerbo in that list, to be honest. I'd probably even have a, a, a Nat Butcher ahead of him just on price and also potential um, output that we're going to see. And he's the next person we're going to discuss in a bit of detail. Look, I, I would probably have Angus right there with Maddo. Um, couple of reasons for that the first thing is that Harris as you said you got Tavanga coming back um, and that's a little bit of uncertainty but then if you look at Angus uh, I think he plays the Warriors the Titans and the Dragons over a three-week period and I can just see him tunning up in each of those weeks um, that right edge is going to be super dangerous so I absolutely want to own Angus over that period um, and and funnily enough that's probably going to mean that I'm not going to 
own Maddo, um, maybe until <laughs> round 14 or 15. It's incredible. But, uh, yeah, a bit painful there. Cameron McGuinness, I chose over Maddo, and I thought that was the lay down was there, but um, he's really fallen off a cliff, um, almost about 20 points per game below his average over the past two games, which has been super disappointing. So, sorry, guys, I killed him. Um, not playing any any more of a different role, just not taking as many runs, I think. Um, so that's a bit annoying. However, he's going to drop down in price and be really juicy uh, for those non-owners. The other player that I'm going to float here, uh, it's going to be a bit of a, a um, uh, probably one over just a, a short spell who I think's well-priced at the moment is maybe a Sean Lane. So Sean Lane's going to see a lot of ball over the next three weeks without Moses. Dylan Brown is going to go to him. So I reckon there's an opportunity for him to score a few tries. Um, so if you're looking maybe for a stepping stone to a Meadow or for a Crichton uh, for that round uh, 11 matchup against the Warriors, then maybe Sean Lane is it's not um, the worst shout. But speaking about uh, stepping stones, guys who are very well priced, let's move on to our last question of the week. Nat Butcher, 378K. Um, so he was completely irrelevant up until the time where poor uh, Victor Radley did his ACL last week. So that's him come into the starting side this round. And I know you've pulled out a couple of stats here. One that said you've played, he's played 180, played 80 game, minutes before, two games last year for 98 and 75. But uh, importantly, I think, because I think this is what his role is going to be, he played four games over 60 last year for an average of 83. 66 in base. Um, so maybe the the 80 is pushing a little bit far, but I think he can play between 50 to 60. And price of that 370, 380K, I think that's offering great value. However, um, my verdict before I hand over to you would be that I wouldn't touch him this round. I think that you want to see um, how his minutes are and how he floats through the rotations. Break even up in the 60s, so it's pretty much a free week to have a look at him. Um, so he's a player that I'll be I'll be turning to next week for maybe for maybe somebody like a um, a Lucy or um, uh, maybe even a Hopewadi if I can afford him. Um, but yeah, plenty of options there now. What's your verdict on him? Yeah, I'm very. That's that's pretty much how I've gone as well. So sixty odd break even, sixty six. So you get a week to watch uh, just to see. So Radley was averaging around fifty eight minutes per game, excluding last week where he was injured. So if that's the equivalent for Butcher, given his past points per minute of around one point one, even one point two last year, like that's that's yeah, way overs for where he's currently priced, which is around a forty five point average. So he's definitely only going one way but up. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really good trade down. Um, I've got, a, like you said, Lucy, I've got Hess sitting there. So Hess is um, probably getting up to where his his limit is despite a good score last week. Um, but yeah, and even maybe a Carrigan if you're not willing to carry him. Um, the only thing is you lose his dual flexibility there. But um, yeah, based on where Nat Butcher was last year, I think he ended up getting, he was something like 500K at one point. He was just killing it with added time through the middle there. Um, so no, I really like the play, but not for this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's all the questions that we've got through today. I'm just having a look back at some of the, the most traded in players to see who we haven't covered. The first name there um, that we should just briefly touch on is Tommy Talao. So he's obviously on the bob- bubble this round. He's got a break even of, um, what, negative 20 or something around that. If you if you didn't get on the, the hammer or um, or a, a maybe a, I don't know, he's probably the only one that's come out with flying colours after last round, then... Um, you know, you, you're probably looking at a Talau, um, 
But I'd still say I'd still like Tessie New just because of the price difference, and he looks like he's got that fullback spot on merit. Um, and I think that there's still going to be points there. And um, I can't recall if you watched the Broncos Titans game last uh, weekend, but um, uh, you might remember that there was that one minute where um, t- the new broke the line. And all he needed to do is dummy, and he was straight through to score a try. So that was taking him to 50 points automatically. Uh, it could have changed the game as well. Uh, they could have got a little bit of confidence after that. Uh, so for the basement price, I'd probably still go over him um, compared to a Tommy Talao is 209K. Um, and the, the Tigers draw does start to get a little bit difficult from here out. Um, another Tigers player, Harry Grant. I can't believe that people don't own him, but he's in the top. He's the fourth most traded in player um, this round, so that's a that's a no brainer. There's a massive trap here, JT, and this is definitely your boy because I'm pretty sure you started with him last year. But Elliot Whitehead is the sixth most traded in player this round. Oh my boy, I've got him in draft this year. So last last week it was I was, it was like him, Ash Taylor, Lockie Fitz, all these people in my draft side getting tons. It was unreal. I think I nearly outscored my classic team. But Elliot Whitehead is your classic chasing points and, and trap. He'll go through these couple of weeks where he'll um, fall over the line, which he has done. The last couple of weeks, so I, I cannot work that one out. I think when I, I had him one year to start the season and um, ended up into fourth spot because he just kept scoring tries. But um, 501k, this guy can pull out 20s and 30s majority of the time, so just just avoid. The only thing I think he had going for him last year was his center wing duel, but this year is his second row only. And we've already talked through some of those names, like that's just a waste of money. So I think that's basically it that we wanted to, to run through the to close out the show. We're going to end out uh, end up with our or end with our best bets of the week. And I haven't um, breached this with you before um, the podcast, but I'm just going to do it live on air today. And um, here's my proposal to you, JT. Yes, I will um, marry you. Yes, oh, yes, times. yes. <laughs> Down on the bar for the wedding. <laughs> All inclusive location, mate. VIPs. Sorry. So, so, what, so here's what I'm thinking. Um, we have to put five dollars um, or whatever, whatever we want. Um, you and I can discuss it off the podcast, and we can agree on. But we each have to back um, uh, our best bets or whatever bet we put up on the podcast. And then what I think would be uh, pretty pretty cool to do is that um, hopefully we'll have a little bit of a pot um, towards the end of the year and. All of that pot, we'll donate that to to Movember. So, um, the the best the bets that we put onto the podcast, you and I will back ourselves in and, and put money our own money on that. And uh, maybe what we'll do as well is we'll keep track of who has the best record. So you won last week, so you're one nil. Um, and it can be it's not based on value or anything like that. It's based on how many you get right. Um, so you've got the mantle this week. What's your best bet for the punters out there? Man, I, I really like the Storm this week. So they're playing up at Suncorp Stadium where they love playing, uh, not in Melbourne because no one's going there with a, uh, if they can save themselves. But, yeah, I really like them against the Roosters. I think even though with Teddy back, uh, I can see Melbourne really turning up for this one. Um, had a, a stroll in the park against the Warriors last week, but um, they're too good a side to, to muck around for too much longer. And I think the Roosters, they've pulled out you know, miracle wins, but I think it'll just catch up with them this week. So I really like Storm 1-12 to into Josh Adokar, anytime try scorer. That's paying about $9. So it'll be a nice $40 return. 
I like that. That's good. A pretty uh, that's pretty tasty, and it's definitely a lot more tasty than the one that I'm looking at at the moment. So I'm looking at the Sunday fixtures, and there's two line bets that I, I I'm pretty happy to take there. The first is with the Knights, so they were really disappointing last weekend, but that's not who they they really are. So I can see them tallying up Manly. The line is currently at two points, and I can see them winning by at least a try, maybe maybe not more. Um, in that one. So I'll be taking that line. I'm going to multi that with the next game, which is South versus the Bulldogs. The The line there is 11 and a half, and I think that South can do an absolute number um, on uh, the Bulldogs. They're missing Will Hopawade, who is their best player, and they just look... Um, I think they'll finish on the bottom of the ladder, to be honest, this year. So I'm going to back Mitchell and the boys to to have a huge game. Uh, so I think that one comes in a two-game multi at... Uh, at four bucks, so I'll put some cash on that. JT's going to put a bit of cash on on his one, and then we'll start a bank, and then we'll see how we're going, and we'll keep updating it week to week. Um, but let's uh, let's bring it home, JT, for November. Yeah, good mate. No, I really love it. I know you're quite big on on uh, November and on all the work that goes into that. So more than happy to help out. All right, well, that's it for our podcast this week. Thank you very much for dialing in, JT. You know the drill. Send us home. Give your love to a cowboy man. He's gonna love you hard as a can can. Give your love to a... Come on, mate. Don't leave me hanging here. <laughs> if you're marrying me, you better get used to this. Hey, all I wanted was a yeehaw. That's all I wanted. I didn't want anything more than that. <laughs> okay, I'll put my clothes back on and yeehaw. He's gonna love you guys. hard as a can can. Give your love to a cowboy man. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.